0: Hello, I'm Rod Butler, welcome to Let God Speak. Sometimes we find ourselves in very difficult circumstances. We wonder why this difficulty is happening to me. More importantly, how do I make sense of it and get out of it? Today we're going to examine a crisis that a king of Judah faced, and while he lived over 2,700 years ago, the solution to his situation applies equally to us today. On our panel today, we have Rosemary Malkovich and Stephen Groom. Hello. And before we start our discussion, can we bow our heads and let's pray. Gracious Father, as we open the Bible, the Word of God, we ask, please, for the Holy Spirit to give us understanding and open our minds to the truth it speaks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, after King Solomon died and Rehoboam, his son, took the throne, the 12 tribes of Israel split into two nations. Ten tribes in the north were called Israel and the two tribes in the south were called Judah. And while both tribes, they all were descendants of Jacob, uh, their history was far from harmonious. And we have the story today where the Bible records that the kings of Israel were evil and the kings of Judah were a mixture of good and evil. Today we're going to discuss one of those kings, King Ahaz. Hmm. So let's get started. Rosemary, who was King Ahaz?
1: Well, let's read 2 Kings chapter 16, of verse 2, and that will give us a bit of an opening of who he is. 20 years old was Ahaz when he began to reign and reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, which meant he died at 36 and did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, his God, like David, his father. So Ahaz had a good father. His name was Jotham. And, and of Jotham, it is recorded in Second Chronicles 27, 6. He prepared his ways before the Lord. So Jotham had set a good example, but Ahaz chose to be evil and to do the things that God said not to do. And the funny thing is that Joseph, um, Ahaz's son went on to be Hezekiah, who once again was a good son, mm. a good uh, king and did God's will. So Ahaz is that little evil in between.
0: Mm. And Hezekiah's son was Manasseh, who was...
1: <laughs> extremely evil.
2: Extremely evil. Isn't it very common how the children rebel against their parents? So mm. if they're evil,
0: they become good. And if they're good, they choose mm. to be evil. Mm. So Stephen, what were some of these activities that, uh, Hezekiah, that Ahaz got involved in that were so bad?
2: Okay, for, to answer that question, I'd like to go to Second Chronicles chapter 28, verses 2 and 3. It's where it records the um, acts of the kings, and it says in verse 2 that he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molten images for Baal. Baal is a word that means Lord, and it's associated with the pagan kings around Israel and Judah. And it says in verse 3 that um, after several things that after the abomination of the heathen, he also burnt his children in the fire. So he actually Mm -hmm. sacrificed his children to the gods of the pagans. And um, he also led the entire kingdom of Judah away from God into evil. So this shows us that a leader can have a detrimental effect Mm. on a nation, Mm. not just a a nation, but also a spiritual leader with a church. Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And particularly in this case, it was uh, a very bad effect. Rosemary, did Ahaz have any excuse for his evil? I mean, was he unaware of what he was supposed to do, what his behavior was supposed to be?
1: Well, once again, let's turn to the Bible. In um, Isaiah chapter one, it says that, when Isaiah was made a prophet by God, there were a number of kings that he served as a spiritual counselor for. Um, there was Isaiah, who was Ahaz's grandfather. There was his father Jotham. There was um, Ahaz himself and his son Hezekiah. And so, no, he was not without excuse. God had his prophet right there working with him in his kingdom, in his city, and he was very much aware of, of Isaiah because he had been involved in his grand, grandfather's reign and his father's reign. Mm. And so he rebelled against God, went into apostasy of his own choice.
0: Did, um, did the children of Israel, the children of Judah, know what the outcome of apostasy would be, Steve?
2: They should have. Um, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law, Chapter 28 is a chapter on the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience. Half of the chapter, the first half, looks at what the blessing will be if you shall, and I'm reading verse 1, if you shall listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day. And so the blessings are given, but most of the chapter from verse 15 on are the cursings that are given if you uh, do not follow the Lord um, so this blessing comes from serving the Lord with joyness and gladness of heart, but one of the um, blessing oh, sorry the curses in verse forty eight and forty nine is that the Lord will make the enemies come against you and defeat you in war, and this is certainly what was happening
0: to Ahaz as he went away from God. Yeah, we're just touching on that point. A national crisis had developed Mm. in Judah. Rosemary, can you give us the background to this, uh, this calamity?
1: Well, basically Ahaz had walked away from God, turned his back deliberately on God. He's chosen to do that. And God removes his protection. If we don't want God looking after us and we don't want to follow God, God says, "Okay, I'll just stand back let you do your own thing and we'll see what happens. But if God of course knows what's going to happen. And in Second Chronicles 28, 17 and 18, if we go there, um, it says, For again the Edomites had come and smitten Judah and carried away captives. The Philistines also had invaded the cities of the low country and of the south of Judah. So the Edomites are coming from the south, the um, Philistines are coming from the south uh, southwest, and then also on top of that he's got Israel, his kindred siding with Syria and coming from the north and so he's basically being surrounded by other nations who are coming to him at, in war so things are not looking so good for Judah at this time
0: So as, as a nation they basically had trouble all the way around yes. and
1: because God was not was imminent. God was not protecting them because yeah. they had rejected God.
0: Stephen, how did Ahaz react to this situation, these developments?
2: Uh, it says in um, Isaiah seven, chapter seven, verse two, that his heart was moved. Um, it was a desperate situation. He was in a panic, humanly speaking, and uh, he had to make a choice on the best course of action to take. But um, not only Ahaz, but all the people were afraid, and um, they. Tr- They trembled at the thought of their imminent destruction, and he thought the only hope was to appeal uh, to the help of the enemy of Israel and Syria, which was the Assyrians, which is a crazy
0: thing.
1: Terribly crazy.
0: Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my enemy. Um, So, what did God do? How did God deal with this? Or did God deal with this? What do you think, Well,
1: Well, God did. God took the initiative and sent Isaiah to meet with Ahaz, to give him a message. And the message was wonderful. In Isaiah 7, 4 and 7, we read, um, God says, and say unto Ahaz, unto him, take heed and be quiet, fear not, neither be faint-hearted, for the two tails of those smoking firebrands, that's Israel and Syria, they are the smoking firebrands, That's in verse four. And then he says in verse seven, thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand this um, conspiracy against him. Neither shall it come to pass. So God is there trying to encourage Ahaz to trust in him because he will take care of it. Unfortunately, Ahaz chose to not accept God's offer of help.
0: From what Ahaz was looking at, from a physical perspective, what he was being told from the prophet didn't make a lot of sense.
1: True, but if you trust God when God says something, he can work miracles, what seem like miracles to us. But to God, it's just everyday work. Yeah, And he can do marvellous things that we never expected.
0: That's a good point. Stephen, how do we bring this home trust today? We face crises. How do we get to see the divine perspective rather than what we see around us and react humanly to it. Yes, the, the initial response
2: of the flesh, isn't it, to meet fire with fire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, as he is told in, in verse 4, to take heed and be quiet is also reflected in Psalms. And actually books have been written about this, you know, seeking the, the quietness of God. And that is in Psalms 46, verse 10. It says, Be still, And know that I am God. Mm. I'll be exalted among the heathen. When we seek for God, then he begins to act. Mm. And also from there we go to Isaiah 30, same book, and verse 21. And what happens when we are quiet and we're seeking God in an attitude of prayer? It says, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So when we seek after the Lord and be quiet, we can hear the still small voice telling us how to get out of the trouble. Mm. And uh, on the opposite end, the wicked like to make, have you noticed they like to make their lives a continual noise so that they cannot hear that that small voice.
1: I actually myself like where Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven. he said, peace, I leave with you. My peace. My peace I give unto you, not as mm. the world giveth gifts I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm. I mean, yeah. that That's is what God wants to give us so that even if things are bad, we can have inner peace.
0: Yeah. And doesn't this make it important that we seek that quiet time in the mornings? Mm. Very important. Because with our busy lives, every other time is, there's things around us happening.
1: Mm. Yes. That's right.
0: <clears throat> so the
2: contemplation of pr- prayerful life and, and quietness mm. is a way to continually connect with God, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. Rosemary, does it make a difference, do you think, um, just knowing that God is with us when there's a crisis? Nothing might happen, but just knowing he's there, how does that affect us?
1: Well, we'll all face trouble. But God, if God is there with us, we can have that peace I spoke about before that we do not have from any earthly source. It's an inner peace, mm. even though there's turmoil. And you might feel a little bit distressed inside, but there is this peace that God is in control. In Psalm 138 and verse 7, God says, though I, or well, the psalmist says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. And then also in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear thou not for I am with thee mm. be not ashamed, afraid or sorry be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness now that is a wonderful promise that mm. we should claim we should learn it so mm. that we can say it to ourselves from God mm. when we are having trouble
2: so so God doesn't save us from outward conflicts but he gives that the inner inner mm. peace to be able to handle those conflicts. And doesn't the mm. world want peace in their heart today? Well, we
1: need it. But yeah.
2: they're looking for outer peace. Correct. Yeah. You look you look at
1: all the people today with mental illness because mm. they don't have that inner peace. Yeah,
0: Steve, do you have, have anything to add on that?
2: Yes. I'd like to say that um, David, what's uh, very relevant to this story is the chapter in Psalms 73. Sorry, it's the Psalm of Asaph. And he was... Um, very verse 14, see, he was very, very envy when he saw the peace of the wicked. Hmm. But the righteous, he saw, were troubled every morning until he went into the sanctuary of God and he understood the fate of the wicked. And hmm. so we see that um, this tells me that the outward conflicts are really God's way of preparing us for the kingdom. They're hmm. disciplining him. But if a person becomes too bad to the point where they won't listen to God, then God leaves them alone. Mm. And that's the way that they may seem to have outward peace. But in reality, Mm. they've been left to themselves.
1: Well, Mm. I I think of it this way. It's not that God actually leaves us. He leaves us alone, Mm. but he's always there ready for when we call. Mm.
0: God God respects our opinion. He respects our choice. Mm. If we want to go off and do the wrong thing, God says, well, can't, I can't be involved. But
1: he's still there.
0: He's still there.
1: He's still there he ready. he lets
0: us do what we want to do because it's our choice. Yeah. And the consequences are also ours. That's
2: so funny. the troubles we have are really, yeah. I see it as a blessing in that they're preparing us for the kingdom
0: of God. Yeah. Now we're dealing with Ahaz. Ahaz clearly had apostasized. He was a young guy and he had a weak faith. How did God help him with his weak faith in this circumstance? What do you think, Rosemary? Well,
1: let's read Isaiah 79 verse 11. Um, sorry, Isaiah 7, 9 to 11, and we'll see what God says to him here. Through Isaiah, God said, and the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spoke again unto Ahaz, saying, ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above, so God is giving him an open invitation to ask for a sign that God will help him. He's asking, he's trying to build his faith. You ask for a sign, I'll give you a sign so you can be sure that I'm going to do what I say. And trying to get his trust.
0: Mm. So let's just recap then. We've got a young king. He's doing his own thing. He's forgotten about God. He's apostatized. There's calamity all around the nation, which he's, he's caused it. But God, in his mercy, comes to him and says, gives him a direct message. Just it's okay. Just trust and believe in me and you'll be okay. And just to help your faith, ask for anything you want as a sign and I'll do it for you.
1: And it was anything.
0: Yeah, as big as you like.
1: There was no limit to what he was allowed to ask.
0: So this is incredible. Stephen, what massive sign did he ask for? The amazing thing is that
2: um, he, verse 12 says, uh, Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. Amazingly, he did not ask for a sign. And um, he reasoned that if God gave him a sign of his own choosing, then he would be obliged to follow it. It seems that he was so set in his course to, be, to rebel against God mm-hmm. that it wouldn't have helped anyway. Mm-hmm. And he was set on his own course for rebellion. Yeah, the, the word stubborn comes to mind. I'm doing my way regardless.
1: My way or the highway. My so, way or
2: the... so this highlights the, the destructive power of how sin can affect mm. us and our, our refusal to listen to mm. God's reasoning. It distorts our thinking, our morality and our judgment. Yeah. Mm. And he made a bad call. And, and we must remember that God is wanting to save us for our own good. I yeah. mean, it was in Ahaz's mm. best interest to listen to God. Yeah. So, so Rosemary, what did
0: he do? What was the action he took?
1: Uh, well, let's go over to 2 Kings. 16 and uh, we'll find out what he did over there 2nd Kings um, 16 verse 7 and it tells us there more for so it was um, for so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord no I think I've got the wrong verse there 16 I'm in the wrong chapter uh, here we go. So Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath-Pileser, who was the king of Assyria, saying, I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Assyria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, Rise up against uh, which rise up against me. So instead of turning to God for the help that God is graciously offering, including a sign if he wants it, he goes to Assyria, the barbaric, ferocious Assyrians who were coming through the world at that time with the most horrible abominations against the people. Mm. Mm. And he turns to them, the arm of man, to help him in his fight with Israel and Syria. And so the king of Assyria, Tiglath-Pileser, he says, fine, no worries, I want to get rid of the the Assyrians anyway, and so I've got my excuse. So he came down and did it.
0: And the Assyrians were, as you say, they were ruthless. Every yeah. spring they'd go to war.
1: They would, they would skin history, people alive. Yeah,
0: history says the corpses were piled up. They were very, very feared. And that's who he went to, which is amazing. Yes. It's pretty easy to look back at Ahaz and think, man, he blew it. What an opportunity he lost. Um, but again, let's bring this home to us today. Um, Will we have the faith to trust in God when we have crises and we have advice on what to do, that, that goes in the face of what we think we should be doing, humanly speaking.
2: Yeah, uh, just an interesting point about that. There's a parallel in Jesus' time um, two supposed enemies, the Jews and the Romans. When Jesus challenged the priesthood or, or the religion of the Jews, they ganged up with the Romans to put Jesus mm. to death. So I see a good mm. parallel there. Mm. But um, yes, yes, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 to answer that question. Mm In verse 6, it says that, But without faith it is impossible to please him. Mm -hmm. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. Obviously, um, Ahaz didn't believe that text because he didn't diligently try to seek God at all, although God gave him many opportunities. And if we go to Luke 16.10, it says that, He who is faithful in the little is also faithful in in much. So by not willing to connect with God, he proved himself
0: unfaithful to Mm -hmm. lead
2: um, Israel.
0: So us today, we've got to make sure that in all the little things that this book tells us to do, we faithfully do the little things. And as the bigger things come, we'll automatically again do what the Word says. Mm -hmm. That's how we meet the bigger crises, by starting with the small things. So, what actually was the outcome of all this drama, Rosemary?
1: Well, unfortunately, there was only a short-term help because the Assyrians went and destroyed Assyria. Uh, <laughs> they went. The Assyrians yeah. went and destroyed right. the Syrians. The names are so similar, <laughs> and um, but they also turned their eyes against Judah because in the beginning, Ahaz had sent a gift or a bribe to Assyria to get them to come and help him. And when they saw that, they saw some of the goodies from Judah. And they said, Mm. well, they've obviously got plenty of stuff down there that we'd want the gold and the silver. And we might just help ourselves to that as well. So though he chose these friends, they became a threat now to Judah.
0: We also see the grace of God at work again, because although the Assyrians went down there, they didn't take Jerusalem. Mm. Um, and even later when Hezekiah came on the scene and they did go back and they ravaged Judah, they didn't take Jerusalem. No. So God showed his grace. I mean, he could have completely withdrawn and they would have been wiped out. But he had, there, were, there were faithful people. In, uh, in Judah and in Jerusalem.
1: Because Israel ended up 10 years later going into captivity to mm. Assyria and being taken out of their land and other mm. people moved in. Mm.
2: And the means of salvation, the temple had to remain intact. Mm. Mm. So is there a message here for us today? Should we seek human help? No. God was giving his message to Ahaz um, through his servant Uzziah. Trust not in the arm of flesh, but trust in the Lord. Um, be faithful to follow God's word which is for us in the Bible, we're more fortunate they have. That's why, why we maybe do not have as much direct communication because we have it all, all the examples mm-hmm. of what not to do and what to do. So we should follow it and learn from Ahaz's mistakes.
0: So when should we, um, when should we follow godly counsel? Always. Always?
1: Godly counsel, yes.
0: But how do we know it's godly?
1: because we, the people that we go to for it, plus do they live by this word?
2: Yes, yeah. yeah, so sometimes when there is no godly people, then we should say no to other people. And there's examples in the Bible of when you know, great prophets and people have had to do that. Mm. Trust in the word before you trust in the flesh of
0: arm. Proverbs 11.14, it says, there is safety in a multitude of counsellors, or thereabouts. Mm. So we've got to make sure if we take human advice the people we take that advice for are connected with the Lord.
1: And we know that Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, took counsel from really bad people and he got the country split.
0: Yep. Just a question on signs. Mm. I know this is a bit of a hot, hot topic. Ahaz was given, he was offered a sign. uh, Anything you like, just to show that I'm going to do what I said, says God. What about us today? If we put it on the other foot, should we be asking for signs? What do you think,
1: Rosemary? I think that this is a very dangerous area because a lot of people say, well, I'm going to put out a fleece or I have put out a fleece. Fleeces can be very dangerous because they get the idea from Gideon in the book of Judges. And when God told Gideon to do something, he wanted reassurance that that's what God wanted. And so he put out a fleece, a literal fleece, two different times. Now, with Gideon, he was going on what God told him to do, and he wanted reassurance about it. But when people put out fleeces today, they put it out to get direction because they don't know what to do. And that's where the devil can come in and really put us onto the wrong pathway. So going putting out fleeces is very dangerous. It's the word of God that we should be going to. We don't have an Urim, we don't have a Thummim, we don't have prophets like they did in the old days but we have the word of God freely available. Jesus said to the Pharisees, the sign that they needed as to whether he was the Messiah was in this book mm. and they knew it and they should have found it. And so that's where God's sign is for us. That's where his leading is. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with, thine eye, with mine eye. So that is in here.
0: And, and Jesus called the, the Jews an evil Generation. Yes,
1: because they wanted and a sign. An
0: adulterous generation seeketh for a sign. And they wanted a sign, imagine? and who do they have amongst
2: them?
1: The, the very Messiah. Messiah. Yeah. The
0: Word of God.
1: Mm. The one that this was pointing to, and they refused yeah. it because it didn't go with what they wanted.
0: Yeah. And
1: we've got to be careful with that with fleeces too.
0: We do. Does God allow us to experience um, crises today, Stephen? Oh, certainly. Um, the key can, word is, does he
2: allow? He does allow it. Um, and the word crisis actually comes from the Greek word krisis for judgment because of judgment in the world that we have to go through crisis. But we can see from the story of Ahaz that he was set in his own course and did not not want anything to distract him. God had used a crisis to get attention away from his downward path, but he didn't listen. The last church before Jesus comes called the Laodicean um, church, also meaning the people being judged, um, described in Revelation 3 19 it says that as many as I love I rebuke and chasten so as I said before outward troubles may be a sign that God is disciplining you or preparing you for the kingdom so they they should not be seen as necessarily a bad thing and um, James 1 verses 2 to 4 uh, James also confirms as he says my brethren count it all joy when we fall into different temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but patience must have a perfect work and an entire wanting nothing. So we can see that these trials are good.
0: Yeah. And uh, it, draw, draw, it draws us to repent of our, mm. um, our situation. Yeah. So while Ahaz lived a long time ago, there are lessons for us today. He didn't follow the word of God given through Isaiah and calamity followed. And look, we will face crises and trials and we are to follow the word of God. And during our trials, we are to trust God is with us and follow him regardless of the circumstances. We're glad you're with us today on Let God Speak. You can watch any past program on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Teachers helps can be downloaded from there. You can email us on LGS at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Do join us again next time. God bless.
2: You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.